So it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live. It's a music and talk radio show. It's my independent opinion of Vermont national and worldly affairs. And we're going to start the show off today with a song by Mr. Todd Rundgren. This is called The Road to Utopia. And basically we have one rule on this show. If you're going to listen to it every Friday, and I hope you do, make sure that you have a loud stereo. Here we go. Welcome to the show.
that was Mr. Todd Rundgren with a song called The Road to Utopia. Now that everybody's awake in the studio and the walls are bouncing, trying to start Friday night off right, get you in a good mood. It's been a long week. Myself personally, I had to go to the dentist yesterday and that's not always a fun thing to do, right? But my teeth are better now and that's a good thing. So hopefully you're out of work. You're already at home. You already took a shower. Maybe you're gonna go out for the evening with a person that you love and some friends. Have a good time because summer is still here. Even though it is kind of winding down, it's August now. One thing I always talk about, and my wife really likes going to these free concerts. They have them every summer at Battery Park. And then they have them at Dorset Park. And uh, we went to the one at Dorset Park last night and we saw the Chad Hollister band. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him, but if you live in Vermont, you definitely must know the Chad Hollister band. Very talented group of musicians. They all play off of each other really well. If you've never heard of them, you should go on the internet, probably YouTube, and look up some of their videos, or you can go online and buy their music. But uh, Chad Hollister band reminds me a lot of the Dave Matthews band. It's pretty a lot of similarity to it, except for I actually like the Chad Hollister band a heck of a lot better. And if you listen to them, be sure you would too. But I hung out after the show for a couple minutes with them last night. Bought their new CD and the new album. And I was talking to Chad and he says, Louie says, anytime you want me to come on your show, Louie Live, just give me a holler. And he says, I'll come there and we'll bang out a few songs. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I know they're busy. They have tonight off. But this weekend they're going to be down in Massachusetts playing a couple shows down there. So that's one good thing. They have these free concerts at Battery Park and Dorset Park. I believe they have about three more concerts at Dorset Park to finish off the season. But the free concerts at Battery Park and Burlington are over. And, you know, my wife got me going to these. And her sisters go and their husbands. And we all just kind of hang out there and we get something to eat because they have food buses at Dorset Park, get yourself something to eat, bring a fold-up chair, they have picnic tables too. It's a good time. So I encourage everyone to check that out. They must have it on their website for Dorset Park free concerts. So that's how we're starting off the show this week. There was an article that I was reading last week about an oil spill in the new north end of Burlington. But it was pretty vague and it didn't say a lot and it didn't say it was coming from or anything. But there's a follow-up article right here and it says the new north end oil spill was traced to a private tank. And Burlington officials say they traced the source to an oil spill in the new north end last month to a private fuel tank. Crews continue to clean up the spill on North Avenue at Leonard Street 
near the entrance of Letty Park. Public Works officials say the source appears to be a privately owned fuel tank leaking somewhere above where the stormwater is collecting. Well, still not really saying where, but it's kind of narrowing in. And they are working on it, and it is getting cleaned up. It says the oil pooling last month happened after downpours, and the stormwater got backed up. Officials say oil from the leaky tank made its way into the ground and then into the stormwater pipe. And a lot of times it ends up in the Lake Champlain, which isn't good. Just another pollutant going into the lake. Says my team right now is actually working with a state cleanup contractor to figure out how to best plan to attack of how to keep as much oil intact where it is and prevent too much from leaching into our storm system, said Megan Moore with Burlington Public Works. She said the remaining fuel has been taken out of the tank and they're trying to keep more oil from spreading. Officials do not believe there is a health risk other than the fuel order and the state will work with the owner of the tank to determine cleanup costs. You know that's gonna cost some buku money, right? Getting into the storm drains and then getting people down there to clean it all up. I'm glad that's not my oil tank. Could be very costly. Okay, so I saw this article right here. It says shoppers are flocking to the Burlington sidewalk sales. Burlington's Church Street Marketplace bustled with shoppers this past Wednesday for the annual sidewalk sales. Stores along Church Street and some side streets set their merchandise outdoors to lure shoppers in. Store employees say it's a great way to make connections with buyers and with other stores. We asked one young shopper from Long Island if there's anything like this in New York. Bridget McLaughlin says, no, definitely not. She said it's super cool and it's weird and a little bit of both. It's fun to be outside the store and interact with more people, said Delaney Shea of Slate. And we all kind of let each other know what's going on sale so we can go shop at their local boutiques, which is really great. It's a great way to connect with other local shops on Church Street. And the sale runs through Sunday, August 11th. So you got a couple of days to get downtown to Church Street for these annual sidewalk sales. Gonna need these sidewalk sales because we don't have a Burlington Mall anymore. And God only knows when they're gonna get a new plan put together, and then they're gonna have to pass it. A lot of people are gonna be suing. That's what they like to do in Vermont. They don't like anything to ever happen in Vermont. So they have these nonprofit organizations that get a lot of donations, state and federal grants, and they sue the heck out of anything that they very well choose. Could be a good thing, but most of the time it's not because I always tell people when you leave Vermont, you go out into the real world. But when you come to Vermont, nothing ever happens. The brand plan has been burnt 
on the waterfront for about 50 years. They don't have the money to renovate it. They don't have the money to tear it down due to lead and asbestos and whatnot. Pine Street Barge Canal is polluted. They've been talking about cleaning that up for about 50 years. God only knows how much money they spent studying it. I was down there one time talking to these guys and uh, they were doing some testing. They were from the federal government, I believe. And uh, I asked them how much money that had been spent on the Pine Street Barge Canal. They said over the years, probably a hundred million dollars or more. Isn't that incredible? And it's still sitting there full of toxins. Southern Connector on Pine Street. They've been talking about constructing that for about 50 years. Can you imagine that? For about 50 years, they've been having meetings, forming committees, fighting lawsuits, planning, changing the plans. For about 50 years to build the Pine Street Southern Connector. And last year, they had it all torn up they were putting in like some new sewer lines, some new water lines and whatnot. Had all torn up for about a year. They finally got it together, repaved it, opened it back up to traffic. I don't even know how to know what it cost. But regardless of what it cost and all the time that was spent working on this Pine Street renovation, it still wasn't the Pine Street Southern Connector which they could have been working on, which they could have been spending the money on, but they didn't. Just a big fat waste. So, you know, the mayor was on television, a Burlington, Mira Weinberger, saying how all the pieces of the puzzle were in place and they were gonna put the Southern Connector out for bid and then it should be starting construction this fall of 2019, after approximately 50 years, finally. So then what happens? You see these other organizations on the news saying how, oh, these plans are all outdated now, and we're gonna sue. We're gonna sue everybody to prevent the beginning of the construction on the Pine Street Southern Connector. Can you imagine that, the nerve of some people? So I'm not holding my breath waiting for the construction to start this fall. It's just a shame too that they put all that money and that work into the Pine Street last year and now finally they're gonna get the Southern Connector going. So all that time and money was for naught, would you say? Most definitely. We're not even talking about the construction on St. Paul Street. But we're gonna to get to that. We're gonna play a song. Who should we go with? Let's go with a little foreigner, Double Vision. And once again, you're listening to Louie Lavin, I'm your host, Louie. And we are definitely live. And you're definitely going to want to crank up your stereo for this song by four.
and that was Mr. Lou Graham and Foreigner with a song called Double Vision. So, says right here, Burlington business owners who say they've been negatively impacted by the construction along St. Paul Street are relieved to hear the project is expected to end in a few weeks. You know, folks, they put this building up, this monstrosity of a building. They tore the old buildings down. They put up this monstrosity of a building on St. Paul Street. And still, the street itself is closed and it's all torn up. You know, just, I find it amazing that they can build this monstrosity of a building that looks like it doesn't belong. Because that's what's happening in the city of Burlington. As I've said way back in the old days, when I used to be on Vermont Community Access Media, I used to say that Burlington is starting to look like little Boston. A lot of big brick buildings. But at least it's a little bit of progress and they're tearing down some of these buildings that are 100 years old and full of lead paint and asbestos. So that's good in a way. But they're still working on the street. The street is still closed. You can drive up it to go to the underground parking for the building, but that's it. But they're saying it's expected to end in a few weeks. The city of Burlington says the $3 million project is almost done after a year of construction. Well, it's been longer than that. Public Works Director Chapin Spencer says construction on the top block of St. Paul and Main Streets will end in August, and it's August now, and work on the second half along St. Paul Street and Maple Streets is expected to wrap up in September. One thing we've all noticed, if you drive down that street at the intersection, They've got the curbs extended way too far out into the intersection. And it's pretty tight when you're turning in any direction. And I feel bad for anybody that's driving a truck, like a UPS driver, have a hard time getting around a car and turning the corner. And if you're driving a tractor trailer, I don't think you're going to make it through that intersection because, like I said, these curbs are all extended right out into the intersection, making it very narrow. And especially for people riding bicycles right alongside of your car and you're all sitting there next to each other waiting for each person to make the move. I'm going to call it right here, folks, right on this show, August 8th, 2019, that I foresee... A lot of accidents at this intersection. So remember where you heard that, folks. St. Paul and Maple Street. So according to the city website, the project was initially scheduled to end in May, but was pushed back to September when construction crews hit a few roadblocks. It says, we have worked hard to deal with contaminated soils, underground storage tanks, Utility conflicts, utility coordination issues that have all at times been a little challenging to work through, Spencer said. <coughs> well, 
they can look at the blueprints of what's going on in the city above and below ground. So none of it was really unexpected. Maybe it's a lack of inexperience with the street director, Chapin Spencer. I would kind of lean that way myself, folks. This guy was the founder of Locomotion, where he rent bicycles. He was on a city council. And then the mayor made him the director of the street department. <coughs> and it seems to me like they're working in conjunction with each other. Should be a conflict of interest because if you run a business that rents bicycles and all of a sudden you're the director of the street department and you're taking a lot of parking spots in front of people's houses to put in bike lanes, seems to me like there's a conflict of interest. And I've asked this question on Facebook in different group discussions that Mr. Chapin Spencer was involved in. And I asked, are you still, does anybody know if he is still connected to locomotion bike rentals? Because if he is, and he's the director of the street department, and he's putting in all these bike lanes where people don't want him to be, then I, yes, definitely I think there is a conflict of interest and he should probably be removed from the position of the director of the street department. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out, folks. A lot of people are upset because the city of Burlington is short 600 parking spaces. And if you own a house, you like to park in front of it. But they're taking that away from you in certain streets because of bike lanes. I don't think that's right. But like I said, anybody can contact the mayor or Mr. Chapin Spencer and ask him, are you still connected with locomotion bike rentals? And if he is, then he should step down from the position of being the director of the street department. Let's switch over to uh, something to do with the governor, Republican Phil Scott. Police investigate threats on the governor's Facebook page. They're investigating violent threats posted to Vermont Governor Phil Scott's Facebook page. The governor was at Camp Johnson this past Tuesday welcoming new Americans as they were sworn in as citizens. And that's a great thing, folks, because I always say, if you want to come to this country, the greatest country in the world, if you want to assimilate and be a part of the United States and love this country as much as the rest of us do, you're more than welcome here. We always say that. You just got to come here the legal way. And you got to get a job. And you got to pay Social Security and all these other taxes out of your paycheck. And you're contributing to Social Security. That's a great thing. I say welcome to America. But we can all agree 
that when people walk across the border illegally, and if they have assistance from the Democrats and the liberals, and their only goal is to import welfare recipients so they can vote for the Democrats, I say that is definitely wrong, folks. That is definitely rigging the elections. And these people should be prosecuted for treason. But back to the story. The governor was at Camp Johnson this past Tuesday welcoming new Americans as they were being sworn into citizens. The governor's staff says on Wednesday, somebody posted a racist comment about the event threatening violence and referencing the mass shooting in El Paso. Staffers deleted it and alerted the Vermont State Police. And the governor's office thinks other commenters who challenged the individual who made the threats. Nowadays, folks, you got to be careful. Even on Facebook, social media is a highly volatile thing. If you see somebody on the governor's page or any other page threatening violence, referring to mass killings and whatnot, do not put your two cents in because these people can see who you are and they can come find you and they could kill you or do some type of violence and then move on to others. So I don't think the governor or any of his people should be commending anyone that got into a dialogue with this person on the governor's Facebook page defending the governor or these immigrants or anything. The governor should be saying to people, we will deal with it. We will delete this comment. We will talk to this person. We will send the state police, the Secret Service, FBI, CIA, any law enforcement agencies to find this individual and question them and evaluate their mental stability. Because that's what a lot of it is about nowadays, folks. Mental stability, I've always said it. I believe also that it's a matter of mental stability and brainwashing. Because we've all read stories for decades about how the government is always looking to brainwash people they have that movie with George Clooney where he stares at goats using mind control power and telekinesis and whatnot to kill this goat. I believe it's called Men Who Stare at Goats. But sounds kind of far-fetched, folks, but it's the truth. The government is always into anything that they can use to control people and kill people. Because that's what the government of the United States does in a lot of situations. Which you don't see about on the news or the social media. You know, when Barack Obama was the president, he was bombing seven different countries at once. You know, he holds the record as the president who has bombed 
several countries at one time. Even if we have smart bomb technology nowadays, well, they can fly a Patriot missile into somebody's window on the other side of the planet from a room such as the one I'm sitting in now using a monitor and a joystick to control these Tomahawk missiles. You know, as advanced as technology is, a lot of times innocent people get killed. Men, women, children, babies, elderly. And some people say, well, you know, if you're going to make an omelet, you've got to scramble some eggs. I don't know. I think Barack Hussein Obama was into making a lot of omelets, folks. But you'll never see any investigations into this matter. So, like I was saying, folks, you let the law enforcement agencies do their thing. Somebody's on Facebook or anywhere's threatening violence, you get away from them. This even goes for political representatives such as Maxine Waters, representative of California. We've all seen her all over Facebook and on the news saying how she encourages people to go after Donald Trump and his supporters. Get right in their face. Give them a hard time, she says. Tell them you are not welcome here. Can you imagine that, folks? We're living in the 21st century. She's an educated person, I'm assuming. She's worth millions of dollars. And here, she's spreading hatred. Right on television in front of all of the cameras and reporters from around the world. Spreading hatred and violence, telling people to get in the face of the President of the United States and his supporters. And give them a hard time and tell them that they are not welcome here in the United States. That's high treason, folks. Totally unnecessary and uncalled for. A very bad example to our children. That's why a lot of people don't watch television. That's one of the reasons they took cartoons off of Saturday morning. I mean, if your child is watching the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour, remember that? Wiley Coyote, he's out in the desert. He's always trying to catch that bird, the roadrunner. You know, he would have like a <laughs> like a baby grand piano suspended from this big rock. And underneath it was the road with a pile of bird seed and the sign that said, free bird seed. So the roadrunner would come hauling up and stop. Sit there and eat all the bird feed. And there's Wiley Coyote pulling on the rope, pulling on the rope, trying to get the piano to fall on top of the roadrunner. Right? It's a cartoon, folks. And it's not happening. So the roadrunner looks at him, says, beep, beep, takes off. So then all of a sudden, Wiley Coyote goes out there 
and the piano falls on top of his head. Right? <laughs> because of that, and other cartoons like that, they removed them from Saturday morning. Too violent. They don't want children to hear it. They don't want children to see it. They don't want children to be inspired by a cartoon where Wiley Coyote is trying to drop a piano on top of the Roadrunner's head. I mean, really, folks, children realize cartoons are cartoons and there's nothing real about it. But on the other hand, you have Representative Maxine Waters from California on TV in front of every camera in the world telling people to give President Trump a hard time, to give his supporters a hard time, to get in their face and tell them that they are not welcomed here in the United States and they're not welcomed anywhere. If you're going to remove cartoons from the presence of our children because you don't want them to be inspired by hatred, anger, and violence, then we should also demand the same from our political leaders. She should be removed from office immediately because we don't want her inspiring our children. And a lot of people don't even own televisions due to this fact. But they don't even know what's going on in the world either. You know, we could be invaded by space aliens. And it could be all over the media. And they could be warning people. But the people who don't have televisions, they don't want to hear it, they don't want to see it, they don't want to know about it. All of a sudden they would be walking out their door and there'd be space aliens all over the place. And they'd be like, what happened? Well, life happened. And you chose to ignore it. And like they say, evil flourishes while good people do nothing. And I think, folks, we're in a war of good against evil all around the world. And it's always been all around the world, but not so much in the United States of America because we've learned respect and civility and we've learned fear of what war can bring. And we've educated our children about what the benefits of going to war are and the negatives. And there's never really any positives to go into war. That's why we have ambassadors that go around the world and represent us in other countries to keep wars from happening. To give countries that need assistance. Used to see a lot where these organizations would go around the world and help educate people and bring them clean water and clothing and food. But not so much now. Now they're trying to import all of these people. And a lot of them, like from Afghanistan, for instance, when George W. Bush sent the troops over to Afghanistan, mostly in the beginning to get Saddam Hussein's troops out of Kuwait because they were blowing up the oil derricks. Remember that? Blowing up all the oil wells. All this black smoke 
going up into the air, creating a massive carbon footprint, going around the earl, polluting everything it touches. Somebody had to go over there and put an end to it. And it's always the United States. So, when we went over to Afghanistan and set up a government, set up a stock market, they never had voted in the history of mankind over in Afghanistan. They had never had a government in the history of mankind over in Afghanistan. George W. Bush put it all together within like six months. You imagine that. People were walking around with purple ink on their finger, indicating that they had voted for the first time ever in the history of mankind. But like I say, if you bring those people over to the United States, a lot of them have never seen electricity. A lot of people from around the world have never seen indoor plumbing. And then you bring them over here, and it's a shock to them. So we have to use our taxes to hire people to bring them up to the 21st century. And a lot of them don't want to assimilate. They would love to go back home. And a lot of them nowadays, they should go back home because there's not really any wars going on anymore around the world. And they should go back home. That's where they would be happy. That's what they're accustomed to. And we can send people over there with them to help them put their cities back together, help them start businesses, help them to educate their children, and help them to make their countries great. Maybe for the first time. I could say make their country great again, like is the slogan of President Trump, but their country's I don't know if they were ever great. I'm sure to them they might have been before the wars. But they can make them great again. And that's what we should focus on. Because like I say, a lot of people come to the United States. They're imported here by the Democrats because they want these people to vote for the Democrats. Pay for your loyalty, right, folks? It's called... Rigging an election. And that's high treason. And these Democrats that are doing this should be prosecuted for treason. So, we're going to go to a song here. And then we'll get back to uh, immigration. We can go on that for a while. And then we can get back into uh, President Trump's tick for uh, the National Intelligence Director. Local story here also we can get to is uh, the Burlington Fire Department. They put the new ladder truck to use fighting a hotel fire. Which was at the Hotel Vermont. It says the ladder truck arrived at the station a couple of months ago, but the department didn't need it until this past Tuesday night. Fire officially says the department has been training on the unit for about three weeks now. The tower and bucket is 100 feet long. The old one from 2003 was 95 feet long. So they gained an additional 5 feet. 
It allows us to get closer to the building. It says five feet may not seem like a lot, except when you're three sheet short to get the window to the window or onto the roof. Well, once they start building that monstrosity on Church Street, that's going to be about 14 stories tall. This fire truck with a 100-foot ladder isn't going to cut it. So, then we'll have something else to deal with. Ways to put out a fire in a 14-story building in Vermont. That'll be a first. It's going to be costly. You can see it. We don't have any taxes. We never do. City of Burlington's always broke. Doesn't have any money. So, they're going to have to create a bond to pay for whatever it is that we're going to have to need to put out a fire in a 14-story building on Church Street, if it ever gets off the ground and running. We'll see. Not holding my breath, though, folks. Might not see it in my lifetime. So it says, but with it being off the back end, we can position the pivot point a lot closer to the buildings. So it actually, this style truck probably has more like a 20-foot difference with how the truck is set up in design compared to the last one said Burlington Senior Firefighter Eric Cochran. The truck is also outfitted with the new rescue enforceable entry equipment. It has plenty of ropes to get someone who may have gone over an embankment and it can do vehicle extrication work in confined spaces. So the whole article discusses the new truck the Burlington Fire Department has. But the title is Burlington Fire Department puts a new ladder truck to use fighting a hotel fire. And all they said about the hotel fire was it was at the Hotel Vermont. Once again, folks, I don't know where these people go to college to study broadcasting. But apparently, was no Ivy League college. <laughs> the Hotel Vermont is on the corner of St. Paul Street and Main Street, Burlington, Vermont. In case you're wondering, because the article didn't mention it. And supposedly, the fire started in the kitchen in the restaurant. And it went up the chute, the vent, vent chute, right up to the rooftop. And basically, they had to put the fire out in the exhaust vent, which is a good thing. It didn't really spread to the rest of the building. I think the name of the restaurant is the Hen of the Woods. A lot of people have a lot of good things to say about that restaurant. They say it's a little expensive. I don't know. I've never been there myself. I'll probably walk in there one of these days. Check it out. But luckily, the fire was in the exhaust vent, which went up to the roof. And I guess it was mostly contained to that area, which is a good thing. But they say the restaurant, the Hen of the Woods, will be closed for about a month or so because of the fire. And from there, where are we going to go? 
Well, let's play a little Ted Nugent with another oldie but a goodie called Cat Scratch Fever. And once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live. It's Friday night. First hour of the show is almost over. It's almost 7 o'clock. And you're going to want to turn your stereo up for this one because this is a good song. And the walls will be bouncing in here at the studio. And believe it or not, there's a few people that visit this place and work here that don't like the noise. But you got to remember, folks, you're in a radio station. And it will get loud, especially when I'm in here doing my show.
that was Mr. Ted Nugent with an oldie but a goodie called Cat Scratch Fever. So I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Trying to mix a little local with national with worldly affairs. Where are we going to go to from here? One thing that really bothers me about this day and age that we live in. You know, terrorism is pretty simple. It's about terrorizing people, right? We saw this article the other day. It says a motorcycle backfiring causes panic in Times Square. Did y'all see this on TV? It says frantic people scramble to get out of Times Square, pounding on theater doors to find a place to hide after the loud noise of a motorcycle backfiring caused fear that gunshots were being fired in the wake of mass shootings in other American cities. You know, folks, terrorists are doing their job, aren't they? Have all of these mass killings. When George Bush was the president, when Obama was the president, now that President Trump is in office, it's just become another day. People are becoming desensitized to turning on TV and seeing another mass killing today. 20 people were shot. Next story is about somebody that's a rapist or a murderer or a pedophile. I mean, it's just such a turnoff to see how this country is going. Because it wasn't that long ago where you could turn on the news. And you might see one story about someone being murdered. But now it's just one story, one right after another. This guy's a pervert. This guy's a pedophile. This guy's a rapist. This person's a murderer. This person's a terrorist. Every day. And people are becoming desensitized to it. And terrorists are doing their job. Whether they're foreign terrorists or domestic terrorists. It's all terror. And these people, they heard a motorcycle backfire. Times Square, New York City. You know, thousands and thousands of people walking down the street. It's so loud there, I don't even know how you could even really hear a motorcycle backfiring. There's so much traffic and so many people. But they did, and it caused a panic. And everybody just started stampeding in an opposite direction. They're looking for a place to hide. It's a shame. It says many people visited Times Square. They panicked and they ran into buildings and stores after police say a motorcycle backfired. They received multiple 911 calls. They took to Twitter to reassure the public there is no active shooter in Times Square. They even have to send out these hashtags. You know, hashtag active shooter, hashtag Times Square. Motorcycles backfiring while passing through sounded like gunshots, it tweeted. Please don't panic. The Times Square area is very safe. What's really crazy is when you see like these incidents like this happening, people always have their phones out and they're videotaping it all. 
says, but after 31 people were killed in two mass shootings in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, in less than 24 hours over this past weekend, the sudden discharge of loud noises this Tuesday evening in the Midtown Manhattan neighborhood, a major tourist destination and entertainment center, had people screaming as they fled. That's the thing, folks. Like I said, there's a lot of mental illness going on in this country. And Ronald Reagan, when he was a president, they closed down a lot of the mental institutions. And they turned these people out into the streets. And a lot of them are moving and they're living in community homes. And a lot of them are just homeless. Turn on your television every night, you see that. Right here at City Hall Park in Burlington. You know, they'll have some guy down there, a homeless guy, and he's got a criminal history, and he's been dealt with by the police a hundred times or more. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. They have dealt with this one person a hundred times or more, and they get called again. He's down at the City Hall Park in Burlington, got a knife, screaming at people. So the police go down there, they confront him, Tell him to put down the knife. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to comply. You know, the police know who this guy is. They've dealt with him a hundred times or more in the past. They know that he's dangerous. He's homeless. He's a person with mental illnesses. Could be addicted to drugs or alcohol. This person is a total mess. And the police, God help them, have to go and confront people like this on a daily basis, day after day after day, and they put their lives in their own hands. And their family don't know if they're ever going to come home because of some person that's in City Hall Park with a knife yelling at people. And they tell this person to put down your knife, and he wouldn't. This is totally uncalled for also. But it shows the times that we are living in, and it's about a disrespect for the flag, for the anthem, just for people in general. Now, I can remember one time I was walking down the main street in Barrie with my father, and I hollered across somebody, across the street to somebody that I knew. And I think I dropped the F-bomb, jokingly, from one friend to another. But we're in public, and we're on Main Street in broad daylight. And I tell you, my father looked at me, and he gave me, holy hell, you do not talk like that in public. What is the matter with you? There's people around, women and children, and you're dropping the F-bomb, broad daylight. I felt ashamed. I was corrected by my father. And it was the only time that he ever had to say it again. But nowadays, people are just nasty and arrogant. It's just the way things are nowadays. And it's like nobody has any respect for anybody. It says, a man accused of attacking a 13-year-old boy for not removing his hat during the national anthem at a rodeo was released without posting bail despite having a criminal record. 
So this boy, he wouldn't stand up for the national anthem. Wouldn't remove his hat. So this guy uh, kind of jumped on him, I guess. He says, Kurt James Brockway is accused of throwing a 13-year-old to the ground for not taking off a hat during the national anthem. His attorney said his client believed he was acting on orders of the commander-in-chief, President Donald Trump. Can you imagine that? This is a sleazy lawyer making up this story. I mean, this guy was insulted because his boy next to him wouldn't take his hat off during the national anthem at a rodeo. You know, folks of all places, you know, cowboys are not the people that you want to mess with. They love this country. They work on the farms. They're at rodeos, wrangling horses and bulls, right? These are the people that you do not want to be unpatriotic around, folks. Cowboys at a rodeo. You know, you refuse to take off your hat. I tell you, a lot of tempers were flaring. I'm sure it's not just this uh, Kurt Brockway 39. But he was released, and it comes with a list of the following conditions. He is required to wear a GPS. He cannot have any contact with the victim, the victim's family, or witnesses. And he can only leave his parents home for work, doctor appointments, and court appearances. So this guy lives with his parents. And he's 39 years old. Nice, huh? The mother of the victim said her son is traumatized and is in recovery. The boy was airlifted to a hospital with a concussion and a fractured skull after the attack. The attorney for Brockway said Wednesday his client is a U.S. Army veteran who believed he was acting on the orders from President Donald Trump. Well, you know, this attorney, I got no respect for him because this guy is a veteran, apparently loves this country. He's defended it, as we all veterans have. And then you come home, and then there's somebody who won't kneel for the anthem. They won't stand for the anthem. They're spitting on our flag. They're burning our flag. country's gone down the toilet a long ways, folks. And it's going to have a long ways before it comes back. A lot of people don't love this country, and they're not afraid to say so. And what President Trump says to them is, if you don't like this country, then you can leave at any time. Because nobody's holding you here prisoner. Everybody talks about socialism, how great it is, because they give you everything for free. Free college education, free health care, free this, free that. Well, nothing is free, folks. It all has to be paid for. And even Joe Biden, at the Democrat presidential debate, he said to Kamala Harris that your Medicare for All program is going to cost about 30 to $40 trillion. And you have... No way to pay for it. No plan whatsoever. But Joe Biden, at least he did say that you're going to be paying for it out of your paycheck, whether you like it or not. 
You know, what really amazes me, folks, is that this country's been here for a couple hundred years or so, right? And the deficit is about $21 trillion. And when George W. Bush was the president, and the deficit was like, I don't know, $16, $18 trillion, whatever. And they put that on his shoulders. They tried to blame him for every penny of it. They did. And nowadays, the deficit is about $21 trillion. They don't even care about that anymore. They say they're going to give free college education to everyone. They're going to give Medicare to everyone. Whether you're in this country legally or illegally, you are going to get college education for free and you're going to get health care for free. Anything. I promise you anything, these presidential candidates on the Democrat ticket. You want a unicorn? You got one. It's free. How about a rainbow in your backyard? We're going to give you a rainbow too. It's free. Pot of gold? How about a pot of gold? No, let's make it two pots of gold. Free. Keep it under your bed. Don't even claim it on your taxes. If you can imagine it, the Democrats running for president are going to offer it to you for free. You know why people are going to vote for them, folks? Because a lot of people are naive and gullible. Bernie Sanders, when he was running for president last time around, he was going around the country telling people he's going to give them free college education. And at the time, his wife Jane Sanders was the president of Burlington College running the place into the ground. They closed the doors on the place. Bernie Sanders and his wife Jane were being investigated by the FBI for $10 million bank fraud. You could say, well, you know, Louis, it got swept under the rug. And it did. Not by the feds, but by our local government right here in Vermont. They got a hold of the case and they swept it under the rug. Doesn't mean that the Sanders aren't innocent. Just means that it got swept under the rug. Till the next incident. They were paying their daughter $500,000 to teach a woodworking class. They don't get that at Harvard, folks, Yale, any of the Ivy League colleges, let alone a technical college right here in little old Vermont, where we have a measly population of about 600 and something thousand people. That's why the college went under, folks paying people $500,000 to teach a woodworking class. The whole Sanders family should have been prosecuted for bank fraud and put in prison. You know, does anybody recall ever seeing on the news Bernie Sanders and uh, Senator Patrick Leahy saying how they were going to have fundraisers to raise the money for this $10 million bank loan? They're like, oh, we're going to raise this money in a blink of an eye. Pay it off. Nothing to worry about. Well, folks, that was a lie. They never had any fundraisers. That's what closed the college down. They should all be prosecuted.
But like I was saying, there's a lot of people out there live a life of hardship because they don't have a college education. And a lot of them do have a college education, but they went to these colleges where you create your own degree. You give them the money, folks, these colleges, they'll help you create your own degree. They'll give you a certificate after you graduate in four to five to six years. They'll take your money, and then after you graduate, you realize that today is the day. I'm out of school, about $100,000 in debt. No one's gonna hire me because the degree that I created doesn't risk, you know, doesn't exist in the real world. So you're back home living with your folks. Like this guy that was at the rodeo, maybe. And he assaulted this young boy because he refused to take his hat off during the national anthem. And that's wrong, folks. And then he got a sleazy lawyer who blamed it on President Donald Trump. So see what I'm saying? The Republicans... They're not any better than the Democrats. When is it ever going to get better? I don't know myself. We can all hope though, right? A lot of people are angry because a lot of people aren't coming into the United States the legal way. And you see on the news every night, the evil media is trying to put the blame of that on Republicans. If you come to the port of entry in the United States, and there's numerous ports of entry, and you apply for asylum, the legal way, they're not going to separate you from your children. But, if you come into this country illegally and you're busted, you will be separated and you'll be processed. And hopefully you'll be deported and sent back to your country and then you can apply to come in the proper way. But what they're finding out is a lot of these families are bogus. You know, people are actually buying children through the underground human trafficking network. There's many of them. There are people who are selling their children in some countries to these human traffickers. And they're taking these children and coming across the border. And then when they put them in these detention centers, which were created by Bill Clinton a few years after he tried to seize these people in Waco, Texas, and the place caught on fire, and a lot of them literally died burning alive. How horrific of a death is that, huh, folks? But they figured, well, we can't go into situations like Waco, Texas anymore and burn everybody alive men, women, and children, babies, elderly people. 
You know, Bill Clinton, he didn't get prosecuted for that. Neither did Janet Reno. But they couldn't have that anymore, so they created these detention centers. And now they put people in them. They detain them. And they process them. And a lot of times, they get a citation to go to court, and they're released into the public, and they never show up for their day in court. So then... They're here illegally. That's when ICE agents have to go around, pick these people up, process them, deport them because they came into the country illegally. So what the Democrats and the evil media will do, they'll put a little girl on television crying her eyes out, saying, you know, you arrested my daddy... He was working at a meat processing plant. Ice went in there. They confiscated, what does it say? 680 arrests. U.S. immigrant officials raided seven Mississippi chicken processing plants this past Wednesday, arresting 680 mostly Latino workers in the largest workplace sting in at least a decade. You imagine that. They go into just a few businesses and raid it, check everybody's citizenship, and they arrest 680 people. Can you imagine that? They say, well, you know, Louis, they just want to come to the United States for a better life. And I say, good, but come here legally. And there are 680 of them they arrested in just a few of these businesses chicken processing plants in Mississippi. Well, what happened to the 680 people that live in that area legally, may have been born there, was definitely born in the United States of America and are American citizens. What about like those people that worked there or applied for a job there? Were they fired, laid off? replaced by illegal immigrants who are going to work for a lot less and with no benefits? What happened to those people? No one ever asked those questions. That's 680 jobs right there, lost, pulled out from under the rug of American citizens who are looking for a job to pay the bills. No one ever questions that. But they put a little girl on the news, grinding her eyes out, saying, you know, you arrested my daddy, and now we're separated. Well, that's very sad, folks. But that's the law. Like I say, if they come into the United States legally, they could apply for a job there as citizens. And you don't have to worry about taking somebody's job. But you could be driving down the road with children in your car. The police pull you over. They test you for alcohol or marijuana. And you prove positive. So they're going to leave your vehicle on the side of the road. And it's going to be impounded. And it's going to be brought to the impound station. And you're going to have to pay a fine for the towing. And if it's there for so many days, or even one day, 
you're going to have to pay for that too. Because nothing is free in America, folks. And when they do arrest you and put the handcuffs on, if there's children in the car, you're going to the police station. You're going to be processed. And you will be separated from your children. And they're going to be upset. They're going to be crying their eyes out like this little girl was on television. But you know, folks, there's a lot of situations like that in the real world where you could be arrested, put in handcuffs, brought to the police station and processed. And at the time, if you have children with you, you will be separated. That's the law. So I think it's a very low and dirty trick for the evil media and the Democrats to be using this little girl as a pawn to help them regain political power in the United States. Just one of the situations that you see. People have to realize that. One thing about the state of Vermont, folks, that bothers me is like when I go to another state like California, pretty much all I see there are Asians and Hispanics. And you don't think nothing of it because hopefully the majority of them are there legally. You don't really consider it. But in the state of Vermont, where there's only a little over 600,000 people, and when you're walking down the street and you see a Hispanic person, because we live next to the Canadian border, where we see on the news where people are crossing it into Canada and from Canada into the state of Vermont, which is a sanctuary state. When you see that, you have to wonder, is this person here legally? Do they have a criminal background? Are my children safe? Is my wife safe? Am I safe? Do I have to live my life looking over my shoulder because I live in a sanctuary state? Because the Democrats and the liberals want to import these people so they can show their loyalty by voting for the Democrats. Like I said, once again, folks, that's election rigging. They shouldn't be allowed. So, if you see a Hispanic person in Vermont and it crosses your mind if they're here legally or not, you could thank the Democrats and the Liberals for that, folks. If everybody was here legally like they're supposed to, the thoughts would never cross your mind. If people coming to this country were vetted, you wouldn't have to worry about their background if they have a criminal history. When you see people that come to the United States and they say, that flag offends me. The national anthem offends me. Some cultures don't like dogs. They kill them. 
when they have the audacity to come to this country after we've brought them here at the expense of my tax dollars, whether I wanted to or not. When they start saying that my dog offends them, they don't want me walking my dog down the street because it offends them. My flag offends them. The national anthem offends them. You know, they go to restaurants. They don't want to see pork on the menu. They don't want to see it in the stores. And a lot of these people, you see on the news, they've been living here for like 30 years illegally. And they still don't speak English. They didn't come here to assimilate. They don't love this country as they should. You know, if I go to another country, like over in Afghanistan or Iraq or France or Germany, Sweden, England, whatever, I'm going to abide by their laws. I'm going to respect their culture and their people, their traditions. I'm not going to go over there and say, your flag offends me or your anthem offends me or your food offends me. I'm not going to insult these people. I'm going to mind my manners. I'm going to try to adapt to their ways, appreciate their culture, celebrate their holidays with them, share my culture with them because there's good to every culture. And there's things to celebrate with every culture. But I think we can all agree that when people come to the United States, especially if we brought them over here and we're paying them welfare and giving them education and health care, I don't think it's right when they start telling us that everything we do offends them. Because like I said... There aren't really any wars going on anymore. So, if they don't like being here, then nobody's holding them hostage. They can go back to where they come from and try to make things better there. And if like your culture, you can have your culture. <laughs> Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? If you like your culture, you can keep your culture. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. We're going to play another quick song. We only got 20 minutes left for the end of the show. Things always go by in a blur here whenever I'm in the studio. I've seen people on the radio or on television, and there'll be like half a dozen people sitting at the table, and they'll go on for like a half hour or so. And... They have a purpose to that episode that they're doing. It could be for supporting homeless people or something in the Burlington area. And they could have six people sitting at a chair, I mean at a table. And they can talk for about 10 minutes and all of a sudden they've got nothing left to say. It's easy for me to be on the radio. I could be on here 24-7 and I could just ramble on about anything and I can read all of these articles. And a lot of times these articles that I bring in, I don't even read them. Or I might read one or two lines of the article and I just kind of go off 
give my own opinion because that's what the show's all about. It's an opinion show. It's not a news show. I read some news articles, but it's an opinion show. And that's the difference between an opinion show and a news agency like CNN News. It even has the word news in it. CNN. The word news is in there. But they don't report the news anymore. They'll start off reporting the news, but then they'll give their opinion. I'm not turning on these stations like CNN to get their opinion. I want to listen to the news. I want to listen to a reporter. That's why they went to broadcasting school to learn reporting. I don't care about their opinion. I don't believe that reporters should be affiliated with any political party. They shouldn't be associated with the Republicans or the Democrats or the Libertarians or the Progressives, Socialists. Just come on, report the news. That's all I want to know. So before the end of the show, we're going to go to a quick song by, let's see. That one's too long. How about this one? This is an oldie but a goodie right here. This is by Cliff Richards. Song called Devil Woman. Once again, you're tuned into Louie Live and your host Louie, and we are definitely live.
and that was an oldie but a goodie. Mr. Cliff Richards with Devil Woman. Women are the devil, aren't they, folks? Ever since the days of Adam and Eve, when she told Adam, bite this apple. And he did. They got thrown out of paradise. And that's the way it goes, right? You can't go back. Got about 10 minutes left in the show. I'll run over a couple things really quickly here. This article, it says, uh, college students tried to access President Trump's tax returns. A few days before the 2016 presidential election, two college students outside of Philadelphia hatched a plan to access Donald Trump's tax returns, federal prosecutors say. They were unsuccessful, and now one of them has pleaded guilty to federal charges in what one defense lawyer calls a college prank gone awry. Well, it's not a college prank, folks. My taxes are my business. Your taxes are your business. The president's taxes are his business. You know, all presidents have released their taxes, but it's not the law. And the president always says he's being audited. Maybe it's true. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is that most people do the simple form. And they can't even understand it when they're filling out their taxes. They get down to line 17 and it says, subtract line 17 from line 16 and put that on line 19. And they're like, what? And they got to contact somebody and say, oh, it says subtract line 17 from 16 and put it on line 19. And what do I do? What do I do? So they've got a tax consultant say, do what it tells you to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not rocket science, folks, but people, when they're doing their taxes, they go into panic mode. And they start doubting themselves. And as far as President Donald Trump's taxes go, now this guy, they say, owns over 600 companies. Right? And I'm sure every company is a large company and has a whole army of accountants and lawyers representing them. And if you showed me the taxes for one of those companies, I wouldn't understand it. Probably 99 out of 100 people wouldn't understand it. But then when you combine those taxes with 599 other companies, bigger or smaller, Nobody's going to understand Donald Trump's taxes. I'm sure he has accountants and lawyers working for one company that would never understand the taxes from another company. And then when you combine them all together, can you imagine what a mess that is? I don't care about seeing it. You know, if he's taken advantage of some tax loops that says... If you spend such and such amount of money this year donating it to charity or whatever, then you're not going to have to pay any federal taxes. If that's what the law says, folks, that's what it is. 
And if he takes advantage of it, or if I take advantage of that tax loop, or if you take advantage of it, or your cousin takes advantage of it, it's nobody's business. But it offends, and offends anybody. Then they should change the law. Because that's what this country is all about. Changing the laws, folks. You know, when I was on public television, people would call me every week. Week after week. Month after month. Year after year. Saying, Louie, we need to legalize marijuana. I want to smoke marijuana for recreational purposes. And I'd tell every one of them. Every week. Every month. Every year. If you want to make marijuana legal for recreational use, you have to get involved. You have to change your laws. Well, hello, bingo, a light went off in somebody's head, and they did. And now they're changing the marijuana laws, and they're making it legal for recreational use. Same thing with gay marriage. People would call me every week, every month, every year. Louie, we have to make gay marriage legal. And I tell them all, if you want to have gay marriage legal, you got to get involved, you got to change the law. Goes for everything. Goes for abortion. Roe versus Wade. Some people are for it, some people are against it. You see people standing in front of the Planned Parenthood all across this country, praying that God puts an end to abortion. Well, if that's what you believe, and if you have a relationship with God, and if you took the time to read the law, then you know that you have to get involved and you have to change the abortion laws. It goes for everything, folks. I've been saying it for days and weeks and months and years and decades. And people are finally starting to get it. Because that's what the country's about. Rules, regulation, laws. Whether it's for abortion, legalizing marijuana, gay marriage, or your taxes. If you want to see the president's taxes, you have to change the law so it's required. The Supreme Court could step in, make a decision, but... The Supreme Court now is leaning to the right. And Ruth Gingberg and others like her on the Supreme Court are too old to be making decisions. They should retire. Put some younger blood in there. Nobody even sees Ruth Gingberg anymore. For quite a while after her lung surgery, they didn't even know if she was still alive. But that's what you got to do, folks. You got to change the law if you want to see the president's tax returns. And after you go through all of that, probably 99% of the people are not going to be able to understand his tax returns because most of the people in this country aren't educated enough to do their own taxes, or they have a lack of confidence. President Trump picks a new acting national intelligence director. 
named Joseph McGuire, the nation's top counterterrorism official, as acting national intelligence director, part of the leadership shakeup at the agency that oversees 17 U.S. spy agencies. There's probably a lot more than that, folks. Probably more than 17 spy agencies that we don't even know about, but our taxes are paying for. So McGuire will become acting director on August 15th, the same day that National Intelligence Director Dan Coates' resignation takes effect. It's also the same day that Deputy National Intelligence Director Sue Gordon will be walking out the door. Democrats accuse Trump of pushing out two dedicated intelligent professionals. Well, you know, folks, when you're the president, you can push out whoever you want. It's your prerogative. You're the commander-in-chief. We live in a country where you can be let go from your job at will, they call it. At will. They can just uh, meet you at the time clock and say, Hey, Louis, we don't need you anymore. And you'd be like, why? They don't have to explain to you. That's the law. We live in an at-will country. So if anybody can go to work tomorrow and they say, we don't need you anymore, and they let you go, you can go home and file for unemployment. They'll give you a little piece of paper with a phone number to the unemployment office, and you'll call that like Sunday night, and you'll file electronically. You won't even talk to anyone. And then all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, your unemployment check's in the mail, and you're moving on. They try to sound nice about it. They say, well, we're going to help these employees get resituated and move on with their life. All they do is give you a piece of paper with the phone number of the unemployment office, and then you're, it's going to be a robo situation where you won't even talk with anybody human. And if you can do that with anybody in the United States of America, folks, then the president can do the same thing with anybody that works on his staff. And if I've got a bunch of people opposite of my party, if I'm a Democrat, I'm going to get rid of all the Republicans working for me. If I'm a Republican, I'm going to get rid of all the Democrats working for me, and I'm going to put people in office that I can trust and rely on, not people that are going around the world telling everybody to resist. Resist. Well, I don't need anyone working for me that's going around arrogantly telling everyone to resist anything that comes out of my head. That, folks, is treason and should be prosecuted for. I'm going to let you go, and I'll see you back here next Friday, 6 p.m., as always. Coming up is Jerome P. Alimony, the founder of North Star Radio. Hope you all stick around and listen to him from 8 to 10 o'clock every Friday night. Sometimes he comes in and does a live show, and sometimes he does a recorded show, so I'll kick in the automation for him. But I hope you enjoyed the show today. And I all want you to be kind to one another. Don't take life so seriously. And show each other love and respect because two of the things that have been lost in this country. Love and respect can change your world and take you a long way. So I'll see you back here next Friday going to leave you with a little rage against the machine. This seems to be 
the song of the Democrat Party nowadays. If you listen to the words and watch the news, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Bye.